Hi, everybody. It's Matt from Discover College Soccer. I hope you're enjoying the podcast, whether that's on YouTube or your favorite podcast platform. Don't forget to hit the subscribe button. I also wanted to let you know about the Discover College Soccer Study Table. This is our brand new online portal that is complete with a 14-part online course giving you all of the ins and outs of the college soccer recruiting process. There's also a wealth of resources such as checklists, templates, there's the spreadsheets that have every soccer program in the country along with their coaches, their contact information, their social media information, uh, some basic stats about the school and more. Plus there's an online community where you can ask your questions, share your wins, your losses, any questions that you may have around the college soccer recruiting process. It's all there at the Discover College Soccer study table that you can find at discovercollegesoccer.com slash study table and hopefully we will see you there. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Discover College Soccer. Today, I'm lucky enough to be joined by Coach Gary from Geneva College in Pennsylvania. Welcome, Coach. It's good to be here, Matt. I appreciate you coming on. Uh, you're you're hopefully staying warm. I don't know what what the what the weather's like up there north of Pittsburgh these days. Uh, we're talking here end of, end of November. Um, it's a touch chilly. Yeah. Well, hey, we. I woke up to 45 in Florida, so we call that like a, a winter uh, here. We, we, we yeah. Uh, yeah, so we're, we're up to 62 by now, so it's all good. <laughs> um, but anyway, congrats on a great season. You know, we're, like I said, we're talking in November. You guys made it to the tournament, so so congrats yeah. on that, which means Thank I'm you. sure you're you're full on in recruiting mode uh, now with all these yep. showcases this time of year. So talk to me a little bit about your timeline. I'm guessing are, are you – working hard on the class of 24s how much are you looking at 25s kind of what's your normal timeline right well so our, our basic idea and understanding of recruiting is that here at geneva um and i've found through my years is that i'm looking for the right person for our school for our program and to be you know part of our campus community um, and that's really important. So I think that process, and we might be a little longer than some others because uh, we're extremely thorough, is we, we are, we're looking probably at about a year. So this is probably the time where I am kind of wrapping up the, the, the current senior class, in this case, the 2024s. Uh, but we are diving deep into the junior class of 2025s. Um, by saying that, we're, we're still, you know, speaking with 24s. But I wouldn't say we're the discovery phase of the 24s. We are very much, you know, rounding third and coming to home and putting the finishing touches on this recruiting class. And it'll be done, you know, I would hope, and as the past breeds out for us, right around Christmas time. So when we're when we're going to these showcases, these 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 uh these tournaments, you know, at this time of the year, we are definitely looking at the junior class, the 2025s. Are we still keeping one eye on the 24s? Sure. But it's a process where we want to – it's kind of almost done backwards, in my opinion, where we, we get to know the young man as a player first, and then we get to know their academics, and then we get to kind of really figure out the character of the person. And for me, that's it's done backwards because, for me, the most important thing is the character, the heart, and the desire of the young man, and then how is he done academically, and then where does he fit in from a soccer perspective. Um, but that's that's it's really about a year. But I feel like almost at times it's done backwards in my case uh, rather than forwards. But it's a good process. I still really enjoy the recruiting process. I enjoy meeting 
families and finding out the desires of what they believe is the best interest for their son. And most importantly, what the son believes is in the best interest and what he's looking for in a four-year experience. Okay. All right. I like it. Well, you mentioned tournaments. So kind of what is normally on your must hit list uh, over, right. over the next year? Where, where do you find yourself seeing the most right. players and really looking? And I got to tell you with the, I would think over the last five to six years is there is an event somewhere every single weekend that you can go to. So what I have to do as a head coach and I have to figure out where am I going to find the greatest return on my investment of recruiting? You know, where does our school do well? Where do we do well? And then how can we continue that process? But at the same time, keeping an eye open to trying to find, you know, a new avenue to find the right people for us. You know, so we're situated here north of Pittsburgh. So we are doing things in central Pennsylvania. We are doing things in eastern Pennsylvania. We are doing things in Maryland. Uh, we're, we're branching out into Ohio. So that's, you know, those are the important things for us. And, you know, being a, a small liberal arts Christian school, um, we still we find a very important event by going to the the uh, the Messiah Christian ID camp in in June, uh, which Coach McCarty does a great job of, you know, opening his campus to like minded schools like Messiah, like Geneva, but find a lot of young men that are good players. But Messiah's roster can only be so large. So those are some things that that we do. But I mean, we hit the Delcos, we hit the PA Classics, we hit Bethesda. Uh, my assistant coach this week will be down in Florida at the ECNL event. Um, we'll branch out into Ohio in, in early spring, you know, so we try to canvas. And of course, around the Pittsburgh area, you know, there's the, uh, the, the Riverhound showcase uh, next weekend. So, yeah, so we, we, we try to really do a good job of that. And then we also host two to three, what we call our advanced uh, ID camps through the year, which I think are great because you, you find people that I think, are truly invested in your school and interested in getting them on campus and being able to train and then coach them is, is, a, is great to do as well. Yeah, absolutely. And, and that was going to be my next question was camps. And, and so yeah. uh, that seems to be the, you know, uh, a big thing these days, right. Uh, that right. most guys are right. coming through a camp at some point. So, well, whether it's at, I mean, you talked about character and, and the kind of your process, but, you know, let's assume you're at, uh, you know, this, event this weekend or or at an id camp and you see a player kind of what what stands out to you kind of what builds that player in terms of on the field off the field stuff that really says okay yep we want this person at geneva right well sure i mean obviously you know uh athleticism pace um technical ability the understanding of field awareness all of those things are critically important as you try to build your future roster but some of the things that I really kind of look at are the intangibles, the coachability, like how is this player reacting if he didn't get to start that day? Or how is this player reacting if his team is losing? Or how is this team, how is this young man react to a coach, you know, digging into him, you know, because the coaching that's going to happen. You know, how does he react to uh, a coach, you know, letting him know, verbally like you know hey we, we have a different expectation of your level of play and right now you're meeting it i also think it's really important to watch after the game the interaction between the young man and his parents you know um 
is, is how is that happening? Um, is it, you know, uh, they're, they're kind of commiserating, like, yes, it wasn't your fault. It was everybody else's fault. Is it something where uh, mom and dad are really hard on the young man um, and he's able to understand it and, and understand that feedback? Uh, but just to the general relationship of how does he treat his parents? Um, I think those are all things that are really important as we talk about character and the development of the young man from 18 to 22. My hope and desire is that there's a platform there and a core value system built that as a college coach and a college staff that we can build on um, because there are so many young, talented players. So for me, it's not hard to find talented players. We really work hard on finding the right fit in someone that is coachable, someone that you can really kind of push in a loving manner. But there are times where like, it's, you know, it's hard, like it's hard, you know, when, when you come in and, you know, you're a talented player, but maybe you're not playing much or, you know, someone's playing the position that you desire or, you know, practices have been maybe not going your way, you know, will they allow myself and my staff to consistently um, criticize them in a loving capacity, but also watch the improvement, you know, and we like to say correction is not criticism. And how can they take that? Because the best players, you know, in any sport, they are coachable. And those are things I think takes, takes okay players, the good players, good players, the great players and great players to elite players are the ones that are always coachable. I love that. Absolutely. Couldn't agree more. Um, well, in terms of building your, your your roster, I guess first off, is there a roster size that that you feel is ideal that you're trying to hit each year? Yeah, we are right around that thirty to thirty two mark. Um, I know some do a little less. I know some do a lot more, but we find it very comfortable. Three to four goalkeepers, twenty seven to twenty eight field players. That's a really comfortable number for us. And I, and I also feel like that allows me to dive deeper into relationships with our guys as well off the field, just not can we coach them and run a session on the field, but those relationships are important to me. And I think important to the players. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and things these days have really changed with the transfer portal and a whole lot of influx of internationals, which I know isn't as big at the D three level, but do, does, transfers junior college players or international recruiting fit into your recruiting profile at all right um i would say that i am not adamant about jumping into the transfer portal but sure um we have uh, we have guys that reach out to us and a lot of times and um, we've had a handful of transfers over the years but most times are not i think uh, a transfer for us reaches back out to me after going through the recruiting process having a good relationship with them and for whatever reason, they, they choose an institution that just didn't fit them. So we find the transfers in that capacity. We kind of get them after they've gone away and come back to us. That's kind of where we find the most success, you know, in getting a transfer. It's not, a you know, scouring the portal or things of that nature. Um, we do a much better job when they reach back out to us. Okay. All right. Yeah. Well, let, let's shift gears, talk a little bit more about the school. I'm sure there's some folks not familiar with Geneva College. Sure. I mean, like I, I told yeah. you beforehand, I've actually be, been to Beaver Falls, PA, a couple times. So so I know right where you're at. Um, you've been there for, for quite a few seasons now. So yeah. you've, you've got some good perspective. Give us some things that are really kind of awesome about Geneva, some things maybe we wouldn't even know just by going through the website. 
Right. So I just completed my 14th year and we are a small liberal arts Christian school, 1200 students. Um, that's exactly where we want to be. We don't want to be smaller. We don't want to be bigger. Um, so it, it really fits my personal values and my personal faith um, extremely well. Um, but what I tell everybody is the greatest thing about Geneva is the care that everyone here provides the student and the student athlete from our president to our faculty, to our admission staff, to our coaching staff, right down to the maintenance crew, is we put the students first and we try to help them grow in their faith. We try to help them grow academically. We try to help them grow in, in the maturity. And in our case, we try to help them grow and become the, the best soccer player that they can become. Um, we are a school of excellent academics. We have a wonderful mechanical engineering program, uh, electrical engineering, right on down the market. Engineering, we do extremely well with the uh, sciences, math, business, education. So I really feel comfortable recruiting to Geneva because of the strength of the academics. Um, I love our athletic facilities here. I think we have two venues that are fantastic for college soccer. Um, Geneva allows me to train our guys uh, in a capacity where I think we can continually improve. Um, the campus is about 20 to 25 minutes north of Pittsburgh, depending how fast you drive. Um, so it's easy accessible to the airport. It's easy accessible to downtown. Um, you know, so we are in a really good spot. And I, you know, I, I feel like I can I can have success here because of the quality of institution that Geneva is. Wow. Well, you mentioned the, the academic component and, yeah. you know, it, it is student athlete. And one of the hard parts for, for players sometimes is really maintaining the balance of the work in the classroom versus the work yes. on the field. So specifically, how do your players really maintain success on both ends and kind of what support right. systems does a school offer to help them with that? I think the first thing for success is I, I, I believe all my guys are have enough and are smart and sharp but it boils down to time management. And the first thing that I do with all of our first year players is we sit down and, and we look at their uh, academic um, classes and we look at the practice schedule, we look at the game schedule and we put them on a time management plan Monday through Saturday. Um, and so we, we start by plugging in the, the classes, the time in between, you know, and where and when they should be doing it, just not writing in study or just writing in class, but being specific. So let's say they have an eight and nine and the next class is until two. So what are they doing between 10 a.m. and 2 p.m.? So that's when we get specific. You know, we say, OK, you're going to work on these subjects for this time period. <clears throat> and we're going to be in this location, getting out of your room and really setting them up to have success if they can stick to the time management program. So that's the first thing that I do with all of our first year players and some guys that may need some help with that, you know, sophomores, juniors, absolutely. Um, but we all have, since I've been here is we've, our lowest team GPA has been a 3.52 and our highest has been 3.58. So I got about 30 guys doing pretty good work. So I don't want to get in the way of guys that really have this down pat. I want to jump in and help guys that, you know, that can exceed the 3.0 mark. So that's what we do. And then we also, we run in tandem with our student success center, which is a great thing that we have here for all students, just not student athletes, but they do a great job in helping them with note-taking, helping them with individual tutoring, tutoring uh, reteaching class sessions, you know, uh, 
the writing workshop, all of those things are accessible. It just takes the person willing to go there. So we take all the first year guys, first week on campus, we show them where it is. We introduce them to the staff, be comfortable with this. So we try to get in front of the issues. But sure, as I say, in your four years here, are you going to have a hard class and you're going to struggle? Absolutely. And that's okay. And I'm here to help you and facilitate that in any way that we can. But we, we've, we've got, a, we've got a, a pretty good system in place here where as long as you're willing to do the work and give the time, you know, it's never, it's never a question, are they smart enough? It's only a question, is there a question of, can I put my phone away for more than eight minutes and get good work done? I mean, that's, that's what it is. Absolutely. Well, you kind of mentioned a little bit there, but can you just let's let's rewind a month. You're in the heart of the conference season. Yeah. Kind of walk me through what does a typical week look like for a player in terms of when is practice, classes, games sure. scheduled, that sure. kind of thing. So I'll start a bit of a macro sense and kind of work backwards a little bit. So we try to play on Wednesdays and Saturdays. So and I mean, the college season is so jam packed. I, I mean, 18 games and basically eight weeks is just too many games. It just is. And this is probably a conversation for a different time on a different um, <laughs> or a different podcast, but it's just way too many. So so we try we train Mondays and Tuesdays. A lot of times that we try to be really smart with regeneration. So Thursdays, we'll try to do a little bit of an, a later session so, so we can recover from Wednesday's game. And then we get prepared Friday for Saturday's game. So we try to break the week down into two, three game pods. Uh, yeah, two, three, two, three, uh, two pods of three, uh, three days each. So Monday, Tuesday, and then we play Wednesday. That's pod one, and then the second pod is Thursday, Friday. We play Saturday. So we try to really look at those in two separate categories, just not one. And we reassess after Wednesday's match. Okay, what do we need Thursday? What do we need Friday to get ready for Saturday? And we do that all again, you know, on Sunday, getting ready for Monday and Tuesday for Wednesday. So that's what it is. But I mean. When I was a younger coach, you know, I always thought like we had to have great physical training sessions to be prepared. As I've gotten a little older, a little wiser, and with more you know, of, the, of the science of it, we have really scaled back on the time on the field. Um, so we, we will go, we talk about being short and sharp. Like we're going to go an hour 15, hour 20, and we're going to really be sharp, sharp with that and be really good. But we're not doing the 90 minutes of two hour sessions anymore. We just... I don't think the players can handle it. I don't think it's healthy for them. So we've kind of scaled back. We do a lot of mental, a lot of walkthrough, a lot of video time. But when we do step in and we need to train and train hard, our guys are really good about it. Okay. Well, yeah. let's let's talk a little bit more about, the, you know, in season and, and the soccer mm -hmm. side of things. Yeah. Um, besides the, the roster of 28 to 32 players, I'm sure you've got a, a roster of coaches and other people yes. from the athletic department that help. So just tell us a little bit about the coaching staff and other folks who help with the team throughout the season. Yeah, we, we have, I've always been blessed with a really good core of assistant coaches. And I think, you know, one, they really care about people and that's what attracts me to them. But two, they have a, an understanding of what Geneva is all about and really buy into it. And a lot of my assistants have been former players. I just love the program so much. I want to be, um, want to still be associated with it. But uh, this year we we added uh, a guy that I've known, Dan Yates, you know, from the local area. He was fantastic, did a great job of jumping in and really bringing in, you know, a fresh, a fresh eyes and an outlook and really kind of 
sharpen us up in some areas. And so he was great. We had Gib McCracken, a former player, former conference player of the year. He was with us um, in, in a capacity. We had Luke Nolan that was finishing up um, his assistant stint with us. He was here for three years. So it was great. Um, so we have a really great staff that works extremely well together in tandem. Um, there's no ego in it. We're all about how great can we be. Um, and we do a great job, I think, of getting the guys prepared. Uh, we have a great training staff here with two excellent uh, trainers that literally held us together through the end of the season, conference tournament, in the NCAA tournament, uh, got us guys ready. And, and I, our training staff, they're just not about from the neck down. They do such a great job of talking to the players and getting them in the right frame of mind and getting the right emotional capacity to train and play each day. So um, it's a really, it's a group that we work really well in tandem and, and in sync. And again, for the betterment of the player. Oh, fantastic. Well, now I got to ask about you though. You're, you're the, yeah. the, the head man. So kind of give me a breakdown, your coaching style, the style of play you like to to put in there. Right. So I think that what I've learned, I think you always have to keep evolving. And in, if you, the day that you think that you've got this thing figured out is the day that you need to step away because that you're closing doors to learning. So I want to be a continuous learner of the game. And as the game progresses, I want to be progressive as well at the same time. But the, the core for me is I always want to have my team dictate the style of play against our opponents. Um, and that's what we always drive to. We want to be a team that we want to be an attacking oriented team with with a, with a great sense of possession. And the one thing that we've really worked hard on is the idea and understanding is how can we progress the game by going forward, just not lateral or backwards. So we work extremely hard on, on three areas of the game. What are we doing when we're defending? What are we doing in the transition moment? And what are we doing when we're attacking? And it works back to front, but also works uh, front to back. So that and that transition moment is just not about getting the ball and can we go score, but it's that hey, we've now lost the ball. How can we regain, you know, shape and pressure and keep us intact so we are not giving up transition goals and we're not being outpossessed and we're able to kind of the word that we use is squeeze teams out of their possession and, and us getting the ball back. So we really work hard on all three elements of the game. And we've really, I would say, in the last three to four years, that transition moment both ways is critical to success. And um, the game-winning goal in our came off a wonderful transition moment where we absorbed pressure, kept great shape. But when we won the ball, within two passes, we were in the attacking third and the third pass got us in and scored the only goal of the match. And I think that was due to the case that we have trained those moments throughout the year. Um, and not to say that we're just transitional, but we want to be good in all three phases. And then when we have the ball, you know, definitely constantly, can we attack behind the line? Are we attacking underneath the line? How can we get our talented players in 1v1 situations? And when we do that in unison, I think we're a really good team. Awesome. Well, Coach, we've talked yeah. about a lot of different things. Really appreciate your time. Got one last question for you. Yes. And that is, if there was one piece of advice, one nugget of information that you would love every parent, player, family yeah. going through this process to know, what would that be? I think that's a great question. And I think you have to find an institution 
that fits your son or daughter in all capacities. It, it, it just can't be, we love the coach and we love the team, but maybe the academics doesn't fit, or maybe the school, the cultural school doesn't fit. I think you've got to be diligent in your search and you've got to find a school that fits academically, fits athletically, the culture of the campus, and then also the cost. I think you've got to factor those things together. Um, and when you find and you can check the boxes in all four categories, I think that is so important. As I think if you can check those boxes, you're going to have success in all phases of life, just not on the field or off the field. But that is the advice I give. You know, find out what's important to you. But I think those are four critical avenues for everybody. And then when you go through your list of schools, visit, ask good questions. And, and at the end of the day, where do you fit best? And I think if you do that, you'll find the right school for you. Awesome. Absolutely agree, Coach. Yep. Really appreciate the time. Again, congrats this season. Good luck on wrapping Thank up you. this recruiting class and getting back to the tournament next year. And if you find yourself in the Bradenton Lakewood Ranch area, make sure you give me a call so we can get together. All right. We'll do, Matt. Thank you. All right. Thank you. The Discover College Soccer Podcast is sponsored by VO. VO is the number one AI camera solution helping players capture college recruitment videos. Check out their new starter and family options by clicking on the link in the description or visit Discover College Soccer to learn more.